Yeah, no, I'm not gonna sing it this time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, Tom did it like the last two times, but it just feels right. It feels wrong to sing it without him. You know, he just adds that level. Alright, well, we are on the air. This is Tom Fuller with T and K, except T. Thomas, unfortunately, is not with us right now. He's um, he's back home, but uh, we got Lawrence. Hey! And we got Brandon joining us hey, today. It's Brandon Fuller now. It's no longer Tom Fuller. I'm taking over. <laughs> <laughs> So right now we got Brandon over the phone and Lawrence here in the flesh. Um, today we're going to be covering the Avengers and Iron Man 3. Which, starting off with that, Lawrence, you made a comment earlier saying that Iron Man 3 was the best <laughs> movie. <laughs> was the best. Is the best Marvel movie. It's the best Marvel movie. Best action it's been scenes. So long. The best. It's been so long since I've seen this movie. It's like, what is Iron Man 3 come out? Oh, Iron Man 3? Yeah. yeah. When did that come out? Um, I think it came out in... You show Google? Shoot. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it came it out in Blockbuster. It came out in Blockbuster. <laughs> what was it? Uh, it came out in 2013. Ah, uh, too soon. Yeah, I was going to say 2012. Yeah, that was close. Alright, yeah. Still, I saw it about when it came out, so honestly, I don't think I've seen it since, so my, my memory on it's going to be a little much, but like, I remember, that was definitely different though, the first two. I do remember that. It was way different. Okay, so, year. to bring you back up to speed, and Lawrence, when was the last time you saw it? The last time I saw it? Yeah. Was in 2013. Oh. <laughs> I, I, watched, I went to the movie excited. Um, so here's a funny thing. I have a photographic memory. Anything I think oh is important, my. I will remember. So you know what mistake I made? I thought this movie was going to be groundbreaking. <laughs> so I remember it. Front to back. <laughs> and in my memory. Now the intro, the intro with young Tony Stark making mistakes yeah. and him, that was both perfectly in character. It was wonderful. They didn't just do the whole, ah, he's drunk. They were doing, he was arrogant. If the second movie dealt with his drunkenness and how he's self-destructive, mm -hmm. I liked how they were dealing with, well, his arrogance had effects. He hurt other scientists and other intellectuals. That was great. I'm not going to get into the rest of it yet, but oh man, <laughs> that was great. I'm not, that intro was great. Great setup. Great. Which, um, oh, yeah. kind of, uh, talking about, like, the first part of Iron Man 3, um, Whenever I saw the, uh, what was it, that guy uh, in the conference with uh, Pepper, I automatically know. Oh, he's the villain. <laughs> I, I automatically knew. Like, oh, why yeah. wouldn't he do oh, yeah. Like, you oh, know, yeah. he, uh, and by the time that their interaction, like, ended and he just gave Pepper a kiss on the cheek, I was like, yeah, he's definitely, like, you know, just 100% out to get Tony. And then, like, later in the movie, whenever the Mandarin, you find out, it's not even the Mandarin. Oh. And then you're like, oh yeah, I, I fucking knew it from the beginning, from the get go. But um, no, uh, the thing that I found interesting. Okay, so before we talk about Iron Man three, because that deals with the events after the Avengers. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about, Avengers, right? huh? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, first that, Avengers. That came after the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the first Avengers came out in, uh, I think it was in 2012. Uh, yeah. Ooh, man, I cannot spell. If I remember correctly, yeah, because in in um in Iron Man three, they dealt with issues with his um PTSD. He, him remembering and that, I also did like the fact they dealt with that as well. I don't mm -hmm. think they should have done that in both movies. I mean, they should have done that at the same time. But I get why they dealt with that. That he did almost die. I thought he was going to die in Avengers one. Um, Very true, and um. To give everybody a, an idea of whenever all of this was happening, 2012, like, 
by the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 2012 is whenever the Avengers and Iron Man 3 happening. So it's like a few weeks. At, I, I'm not sure if it was a few weeks after um, the Avengers, but that's when Iron Man 3 happened. And um, yeah. now that we're at the end of uh, the Iron Man movies, uh, which one was your personal favorite, Lawrence? Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. Interesting. Um, Thomas had the exact same said the exact same thing. Out of, so let's say, I liked what they did with Iron Man 1. Um, in fact, I will say, I think Iron Man 1 was, I'm going to say, there was more character development. Obviously, that was the first one before to be an origin story and to have that much change. Um, but I, I'll say Iron Man 2, they genuinely, everything they set up, they acted on. Um, Russian villain trying to get back at him for what his dad did. Perfect. Him dealing with issues with his dad, and I'm not going to say resolving them, but I guess coming to as much terms as he could with someone who is dead and he can't really interact with anymore. Perfect. Him dealing with his self-destructive nature the best way he could by just trying to work through it. I like that as well. Um, Nick Fury basically being, yo, what are you doing? Get yourself together. Slap. I'm not going to tell you the answer, even though I know the answer. Slap. Um, and this is, a, this is above your pay grade and your secret level. Slap. Don't make me take your suit. Jesus like your boy God. did. What about you, Brandon? Which one's your favorite adapt or favorite Marvel or um, Iron Man movie? Iron Man movie, okay. Um... Okay, so the second one was where um, him and his best friend got in a fight, right? And then he had, he talked to Fury. That's when that happened, right? Yeah, um, that was the one right? with Whiplash. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that one a lot more clearly for some reason than Iron Man 3. I remember Iron Man 3. It was, I liked it a lot. It was definitely different. I loved what they did with like, Iron Man and Duke. I loved how in every movie, he, like, he, his Duke got cooler and cooler like, as the movies went on. But honestly, I think the second one, Basically, what ended up happening is that um, the so in the beginning of Iron Man three, uh, Tony basically turned down this uh, the scientist. He was like, you know, oh, I found you know the cure, like I found like you know the cure for like um, being able to augment our bodies and everything, like make us you know more yeah like more um, uh, superior human race and everything, evolving the human race. And, you know, Tony set him up. He's like, yeah, let me just go get my Peter wet and I'll be up with you. And no. then never showed up. And basically after that, he um he set him up like 13 years later. He comes back and ends up kidnapping his girlfriend, Pepper, and injects her with like the, the augmentation. And oh, yeah, that's, right. that's yeah. and just to go back at Tony because he wanted to. He also wanted to take Pepper as his trophy. And there's like a scene, like see, I like Iron Man. I, I'd have to say, like for me personally, I like Iron Man, like the first one, the best because yeah. I think it was a great kickoff to the MCU as a oh, whole yeah. because it had to be. That's if right. it wasn't, then you know this whole ten year franchise would never have happened. The only reason I would yeah. disagree with that is if they had gotten the rights back to Spider-Man, they okay. would have. That would have been a great kickoff. That okay. would have. They've always Ultimate, um, the Ultimate Universe, which most of what this was based off of. I'm also a comics head. That's Black Nick Fury, Ultimate. Um, 
Spider-Man's always kind of been Spider-Man. Um, I know in Ultimate Universe they kept him young, or he was young for a long time. Um, and he... Superheroes were not actually that good in Ultimate Universe. Like, Spider-Man was kind of the outlier. Like, Wolverine was evil. He he committed crimes. Like, it, it was a lot of stuff. Well, see, like... I think Spider-Man would have been also a good kickoff just because of like what me and Thomas have discussed beforehand and on how Spider-Man you can anyone can really relate to Spider-Man. You know, at some yeah. point everyone was a teenager. Everyone, you know, went through that and you know um Spider-Man just being, you know, himself just a kid just trying to fight crime, yeah. do good for like New York and everything like it's something like I can really connect to and that we like me and we and uh, Thomas agree on like that's my personal um, yeah. favorite superhero besides Deadpool, which I mean he's not really here. Anyways, that's, Wait, that's besides the point. Favorite superhero is Spider Man as well. Yeah, it's, like that's like the overall like Marvel fan favorite. Mm. Spider Man, uh-huh. I believe. Right. Do you have the same opinion, Lawrence, or do you differ? Um, he is my favorite. If I had to go with. And the same way Deadpool's now hero, my technical one, I'm going to go with Vietnam War version of Punisher. Oh, okay yeah. then. Shit. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Like, like, oh, man. Vietnam version of Punisher is graphic. Like, I remember Thomas was telling me about, like, the comics and, like, how there would be panels and, like, how it was, like, the like, if you think the Punisher's bad now... Oh, oh no! You should have seen him in Na- back in Nam. Like it was. Oof. <laughs> it, Is it bad that I haven't seen Deadpool one or two? No, that's that. So that's perfectly fine that you haven't, because there's. So I'm gonna get knocked for this, but oh man, do you know the one movie I haven't seen out of all of the Marvel movies? What's that? Dark World. Nope, saw that. What? That actually, that and Iron Man 3 combined ended up, I'm going to say, put me on a Marvel movie hiatus at one point. Okay. I didn't see Avengers Age of Ultron. Really? Yep. So you haven't seen the second one? Nope. I haven't seen. Um, I, I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That's crazy. Um, I've seen, I've I've seen all of the Thor movies. What? I've seen all of the Thor movies. <laughs> yeah. I've only seen the first Thor. I haven't seen the second Thor yet. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so, so let's say the issue. The weird thing about when Marvel movies were coming out after the first Avengers, I don't, I don't know if it was because it was so hyped that a movie that didn't live up to that level. And I'm going to say the same way. Iron Man three, when I think about it, was not a bad movie by itself in comparison. So let's say Iron Man three. Would have been an okay Iron Man one. I don't think it should have been Iron Man one, but it was. So let's say if Iron Man two had been the third movie. Okay. That would have been as hype as it could have gotten. Of course, yeah. Um, but it would have ended it on like a high note. But say Iron Man three was that was more of a dealing with personal issues, dealing with mental health issues. That's that might that was the reason is it felt less like an Iron Man movie, more like Tony Stark. It felt more like a Tony Stark movie where it was you're dealing with issues. As the person, not the hero. Um, yeah. The relationship okay. is rocky. You're not being honest. You're being paranoid. You're not getting the help you need again. Um, and you're letting the help you're not getting get to you. You're not dying anymore. What do you do? You not want to live? Mm-hmm. Well, see, like that's the thing that. Well, like also, I just find it interesting how they depicted Tony's PTSD in Iron Man 3 because you would see like okay even with the interaction with Pepper whenever it was like um she came home from the office or something this was right after like having the meeting with the antagonist and there's a suit like upstairs greeting her like he doesn't leave his lab like even for to see his um his girl come home and you know he yeah, she ends up saying, oh, yeah, what's this, like, uh, Mark 17? And you look at, like, the inside of the arm, and it's, like, Mark 42. 
And you're like, it's only been like a few weeks, or a few, a few months at that. Like, how many additions have you freaking made? Like, I just found it mind-boggling how Tony went from, you know, at the whenever he was at the uh, battle for Avengers and fighting off the invasion, he was at mark seven. Seven to forty-two. I can't do math that quickly. It's thirty-five. Okay, I can't do math that quickly. But still, that's thirty-five. <laughs> adaptations of the original Iron Man suit in that amount oh, yeah. of time, which is insane in my opinion, but I mean, also, do you think that Tony's PTSD is um, justified? Yes. Um, I Fighting something that you're both not trained for, because he, he's, not, he's not someone trained to deal with issues like that. He's not some government agent. He's not someone who's had special training. He's someone who's extremely intelligent and has had their intelligence fostered. Even then, he never really got great training or, like, that absence of a father in his life or at least one that he thought was... Because, yes, he had him as a kid, technically, but his dad was always working. Um, he had, like, the image and the idea of his dad to work with, but not really the person that often. Okay. And we find that out from later movies and some of what we find out in Iron Man 2 with him describing it. Um, I'll say we got a better idea. Um, Iron Man 3, I don't think, gave us nearly as much information on them as, say, Civil War did. Civil War, I think, gave yeah. us a better idea of his dad. And that also felt like that also felt like an Iron Man movie as well. Really? Interesting. Because it felt like Iron Man. I kept, even though it was Captain America. Was in the yeah, it was, yeah it, it was a Captain America. That was probably one of my favorite Marvel movies in general. That's what Let me see. Yeah. If Black Panther didn't exist, I'd say Guardians of the Galaxy would be my favorite Marvel movie. Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. See, see, it's, it's like I said on the last podcast, too. It's just something about seeing Thor and the Hulk just going at it. And, like, the whole... <laughs> the whole Loki moment. <laughs> oh, man. And seeing that oh in Avengers God. 1 just, like, made me lose my shit. Loki was in the middle of mid-rant just i am a god and then you just he just starts to go off on you oh, yeah. you are in fear and then just hulk just grabs him just starts slamming him yeah. everywhere Perfect. and then afterwards hulk just leaves him on the floor and just says puny god and just walks <laughs> away <laughs> but um <laughs> no but um after that the um i don't know i feel like the conclusion of the fight was really good of how I wasn't sure if that was Than was that Than that wasn't Thanos' ship that they ended up blowing up. Um, are you talking about in what movie? Avengers. In Avengers one, um, a ship they blew up. So, so they, that was that was some of Thanos's army. That was yeah, like they sent Thanos' army to Earth, and that's what they talked about in Infinity War, I think. And he also mentioned that Iron Man said that he has been in his head for six years. I don't know what he meant by that, but. Like, I didn't realize, I, like, I kind of knew about Thanos since the first Avengers, but I didn't realize they had been foreshadowing it for so long, like, yeah. up until Infinity War. And then I went back and looked back, and I was like, wait a minute, like, how long had Iron Man known about Thanos? So, like, how so, long had the rest of the Avengers known about him? So he'd heard about him from Loki, as far as I could mm -hmm. tell? Like, if he heard about from anywhere, he heard about from Loki and a scientist from the first Thor movie. But why did okay. Loki know about that? Um, because, well, okay, so the thing in uh, Avengers is that Loki was being... So, you know how Loki had the scepter and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. He was given to... Or, that was given to him by Thanos. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was, Than like, that was Thanos' army. Thanos gave that to Loki because Thanos wanted the Tesseract. But then afterwards, at the end of the movie, whenever Thor takes it back to Asgard, he's, he's not going to fuck with Asgardians. At least not yet, you know? Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, let me see. I did not What got me is I realize now that reminder of that first Avengers movie is Loki's staff. So let's say in Infinity War, there was that spear used to rip out Vision's Infinity Stone. Yeah. I... That it was the same design as the one given to Loki, which makes sense why I was able to handle Infinity Stones. Mm -hmm. um, the whole it's able to. Change. I didn't uh, think about that. So there, there was a spear that like Loki had in the first Avengers movie in which he was using uh -huh. it. 
to control people. I don't remember oh, yeah. what type of um, Infinity Stone that was. I think it was Will. That's the thing. It was, I don't think it was an Infinity Stone. Okay, so the, um, the, tesseract? the Tesseract is the Space Stone. But the thing is, is that Loki never had the Space Stone in Deceptor. Yeah. Huh. Because the tesser the Space Stone is inside of the Tesseract. And mm-hmm. in the event and in in the Infinity War The Tesseract was being used to open a portal. Yeah, and like um yeah, that's what they were that's what they used it um Okay. So Thanos took or Loki brought out the Tesseract, right, and he gave it to Thanos and Thanos crushed the tesseract and on the inside you find like the the infinity stone yeah so the infinity stone was never inside loki scepter if that was the case why would thanos give an infinity stone to loki to take over the earth to get the tesseract actually that's true but we have seen its power put into things so this is actually from thor thor the dark world brought this up where they they had an infinity stone they use it to power, like, grenades and their elves up. Mm-hmm. And while it was a self-destructive power, that was due to that stone itself. We've also seen weapons that S.H.I.E.L.D. had, some of it, their laser weapons, were able to take power from the Tesseract and still store it and use it. Yeah, and um, what was it? In, uh, event, uh, no, Captain America, the first Avenger. You see that, like, with Hydra and their weapons. And now you shoot someone and they just vaporize. And for the longest time, you think they're just vaporized. Oh, no, they just teleported to fucking space. And oh, yeah. Imagine. I have a yeah. Go ahead. quick question. Say what? Um, What's going on? The, uh, so, why did Loki have the Tetrarch already in the beginning? Like, what led up to that? Um, I don't remember. So, to him getting know. the Tesseract... So, there is a bunch of gray area of him being exiled from... Um, from Asgard, and he's kind of, Loki's one of those characters that when you see him, a lot has happened to him each time. Um, that same thing with, um, Thor, um, Thor Ragnarok, in the time that, like, Thor actually gets to War World, he's someone's confidant, someone trusts him, someone's put him in a position of power. Um, Loki at this time was searching for power. He does this each time where he searches for power. He's just drawn to it. Um, I think... Why was he drawn to Thanos? I think I think he genuinely just wanted to hurt Thor in that case. But he wanted power to go back to Asgard and take it later. He was going a very long route about doing it. Thanos would give him power in exchange for doing something for him. Of course. Um, in this case, since he's already been to Earth, he's familiar with it, he knows the lay of the land, he knows people there, um, he could probably get it faster, not faster than Thanos could, um, but let's say, if you're a king, you're probably gonna have someone do something for you. If they prove useful and can do stuff well, great, you can do the stuff you already do fast, even faster. Um. Well, see, like, that's the thing, um, I think, uh, Loki... Also, you see, like, him say a lot in the movie, I am the king. Like, you know, the, uh, like, Thor was, uh, whenever Thor was arguing with him towards the beginning, saying, oh, you would, the, you would be the king, or the would-be king, and then he shouts out, oh, I am the king. Like, I think he just wants his power back. You know, like, he was the rightful heir to As- or to uh, the throne and everything. But, um, to answer your question, Brandon, <clears throat> yeah. The reason Loki ended up getting the Tesseract is because they, they, um, okay, so he used, so kind of like Lawrence was saying, like, you know how some of the power is stored in different objects of, like, the Infinity Stones? So basically, he used the spear to, like, teleport to the Tesseract by harnessing the Tesseract's power, I'm assuming, is what he did, through the spear, and he teleported right on top of the Tesseract. And took out like all of I think it was I think it was like five to ten like armed men um, that were guarding the tesseract along with a few scientists took control of Hawkeye and the lead scientist and um, stole the tesseract from Nick Fury and then from there they escaped the uh, the shield uh, compound 
And that's how he ended uh, up getting the test read. That was in some of the end credit scenes, I believe, right? That was in... Um, that... What, which part? The part you, the last part you just described was Duncan and took it out of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's S.H.I.E.L.D. That was at the very beginning of, um... <clears throat> that was at the very beginning of the Avengers. Yeah. Um, oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about that. There's another, there's an end credit scene where Loki disguises somebody else and he goes in and, um... They were showing him something. I can't remember what it was. But, uh... I want to say it was... It wasn't... I don't know if it was at the end of Four Dark World or if it was at the end of Or in the other movies. You know what I'm talking about? Actually, I'm not sure. Describe... Describe the end credit scene a bit more. I'll, I'll search um, my okay, brain. So, or so this guy... He, so, so Loki's just, like, this guy from something. Random guy. I forget who it was. But, uh... He's talking to somebody. I can't remember who it was, but um, if you watch through the whole thing, you like the show at the end, like Loki and the reflection, telling the guy what to say, basically. And they're like showing him weapons. I forget, like I don't think it had anything to do with the uh, death rack, but I knew it had to do with. I just can't remember what movie it was from. Mm. But uh, I have to look it up again. Was he talking <sighs> to the collector? Um. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I think that was the end yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that was, yeah, that um, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that was, you, you, he challenged my memory there. I did, <laughs> I did think of yeah. all the, so the thing it's is. It's been so long since I've seen the first Guardians of the Galaxy, too. That movie still is pretty good. I'll admit, some they of the jokes it, yeah. fall a little flat. But all the ones with Drax, nope, they still stand oh, up. Yeah. There are jokes in there that, like, when I rewatched it, I had forgotten about. Him stealing a prisoner's shank and it being the prisoner's favorite shank, that was hilarious. <laughs> he was like, this is a nice knife. I'm keeping it. The second one was great, though. I think the second one was a better story, but I might be saying that because it had, it killed the character I really liked. Which one? Um, the pirate, yeah, pirate dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I loved him. He was great. Um, when you were talking about uh, the fact that uh, Loki was trying to get the test right uh, and it was in relation to like, at, for Asgard, um, is it as, by the time of Infinity War, Asgard is already destroyed, right? So that's the funny part about the beginning of Infinity War. And this is this is kind of a tangent. He destroys half the people. Most of the people oh are dead. God, yeah. um, Hella killed Thor's friends. If you remember the people he adventured with in Thor One, those people die. Yeah, they're like they get murdered. You watch like that's for people to say, ah, oh, the Marvel formula, like no one dies. We watched people die. They yeah. don't come back. Valkyrie is still alive. If she was one of the people that got out, like uh, that's what people think. Eric. I believe, like at the beginning of Infinity War, I'm pretty sure. Like at the end of Ragnarok, she was in the ship uh, with Thor and all of them. I'm pretty sure that people are saying that she was one of the people that could be an angel. That, that's uh, fine. Yeah, Valkyrie was on the floor next to the pebble guy. Yeah. Because um, I saw her tattoos and her little hair, and I, I, they, some people have said she's alive, but my thing Wait, is. So you said she was already down at the beginning of Infinity War. Yeah, really? yeah, she was on the floor. Oh, no. Yeah, she was on oh, the floor because no. I saw her little eye tag. So here's the thing. Out of all the people who were there, I'm not saying she's dead, but yeah. as far as we know, Thor's the only one who got off that ship. Um, oh, I thought they only killed half the people. That's the thing. Like, So they'll only kill half of you, but if 90% of your population is dead, and ni- even yeah. 90% of your undead population is also dead. Yeah. Um, Damn. Like, this... <sighs> you, there's, no, there's, there's a Walmart yeah. full of, like, Asgardians left that's inside this ship, and you got obliterated with no food, no Damn. water, no land, no chance to recover, because that ship appeared literally after... Yeah. Like, after it was destroyed, so you didn't even have a chance to celebrate. But, like, that's the thing. I could have sworn that half of the people on that ship survived. That's what I remember hearing people. I I could have sworn that was mentioned somewhere. 
You were saying, oh, Max, well, he's probably going to be alive. Because there's no way they would have killed her off that fast. Didn't they just introduce her in Ragnarok? Yeah, they like, did. They did. That was the only... There's thing. no way they would have just killed her off that soon. And, like, another I mean, thing I don't know, that I they didn't... Wrong, but... Another thing that they didn't, like, address it. Like, oh, yeah, like, I am the only Asgardian left. Or anything like that. Like, if they would have addressed it there, okay, like, sure. Well, well, when Thor was on the Guardian ship, he was like, I'm the only one left. Oh. <laughs> did he? Yeah, I don't. So, I don't. I mean, no, that doesn't. But... That they could pull. Enough, they could like do a thing where they give us more information about what's happened. Because the thing is, not everybody is dead. The Earth isn't the only place affected. I no, mean, yeah, it was the whole I'm, universe. Yeah, it was half the entire universe. I'm a little weirded out that they focused more on that, like, just the Earth. Like we're just focusing on the Earth. I get yeah. why they're doing that, but with. They yeah. could bring in some of the more intergalactic groups, because other cultures yeah. know about Thanos. He's not yeah. like someone who's just oh, like yeah, everything's balanced as it sh- perfectly <laughs> balances. All things should be. He's popular with the children. <laughs> <laughs> best, best <laughs> uncle ever. Oh my god! Those like Thanos' daycare services. He won't have to worry about picking up your kid. He won't yeah, get a chance. You drop, you drop off four, you come back with two. Like, oh man, he's like everything it should be. I'm like picks and chooses at random. Doesn't that mean you'll kill yeah. a kid's entire parents? And if that kid's not smart enough to survive, they'll just die. So more yeah, than half the planet dies. Kids survive, and then they end up dying anyway. So that is like I did you a favor twice. Oh, <laughs> I'll smile on a saved universe. Oh, oh. oh gosh. Which actually, uh, I think they might introduce some intergalactic. Um, entities in um, Endgame. Honestly, I believe it. Mm, and I would you think know, so. you don't think Green so? Yeah, I would think they might give some hints towards it. So let's say the past few Marvel movies have been setting up a bunch of stuff. Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. We have a a rogue mage. I don't know if this still counts, but <laughs> Iron Man two. Hammer still wants him dead. True. Um, let me see. Red Skull isn't dead, and I don't think he's good. He's just been stuck, but technically he... If, he's been liberated. If they reverse what happened with the Infinity Stones, he wouldn't be dead. Um, technically we have... So, Doctor Strange set up two evil entities, an intergalactic demon, Dormammu, oh, and yeah. a rogue mage. Um, let me see. Guardians of the Galaxy showed us, like, the Nova Corps, so the Nova Force could also exist, which means they're villains. Um... Let me see. The Kree? The Kree have been introduced. Ultron. And the Ultron. Oh, yeah. If they... So let's say... Well, Vision with Vision. Uh, I haven't seen oh, it, man. but I've read the comics. So I know when Vision doesn't have that stone in him, he doesn't... Let's say that other entity that he was talking to that was warning him of danger, that wasn't just the stone. In fact, I don't think it was the stone at all. Because the Mind Stone, unless they change the lore of it, which they could have, the Mind Stone itself increases your faculties, unless it's being used by someone. But Ultron, Ultron is very much, you could rip him free of his body, and he would still laugh and chuckle at how inefficient that was, (laughs) because he's still a construct. You'd have to be a construct to defeat him. Ultron and Jarvis are both inside of... uh... Which, um, you know, since you haven't seen Age of Ultron, you should watch it first. I know. Yeah, I've seen Age of Ultron. I I remember, I just don't remember where Ultron came from. Like, he's like, basically, you can see him to try to hack the entire, like, the thing into the whole world. The thing I know about from the comics was he came from Mm -hmm. one of Tony's dad's old creations that was meant to help and protect Tony. The problem is, is that uh-huh. it's not that it went rogue. It's that the idea of protecting Tony, the very concept of what does that mean? Protect Tony mean as in protect him from himself? Um, does that mean that you should get rid of everything else? Well, what if protecting yeah. Tony means Tony should never exist, so that way Tony doesn't have to worry, <laughs> like he's never in danger because he doesn't exist? I could have sworn he was um, like Tony's latest... Well, we'll we'll have to save that for for that for that whole podcast. But like, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't entirely I don't, I don't remember. Know. Very far ahead, it's just. Mm-hmm. Infinity War. I've seen like three times within the last like couple months now. So 
that's very fresh in my mind. Wait. And I'm sure you guys can talk about the entire Infinity War movie. I get a separate podcast. That's true, that's true. Yeah, we will. Um, yeah. So, so that, that was one thing. And going back, actually, to Iron Man 3. So let's say mm-hmm. that's actually an amalgamation of a couple of comics. So let's say the extremist thing. There was an extremist comic where Tony got a new suit, as well as his suit could graft to him, and he had, like, a biometal underneath, and it was more responsive. But that extremist thing that um, the villain ended up using, that was actually supposed to be Tony's invention. Really? Yes. Oh. Um, to the point of... Yeah. Extremis was... So was it a big deal then? Not right away. There were some hints that I think it technically was like... I'm going to say a manufactured symbiote, similar to like how Venom and them were. Um, but that it gave him telekinetic powers with his technology. It, it was used by a redneck to then go on a killing spree. And then Tony used it on himself to better integrate himself with his armor and duked it out with Homeboy. And with extremists, the regular human could shoot lightning, could leap bounds, could fly, could shoot flames. The very idea of attacking, he could, let's say, similar to how a dolphin eventually adapted to have its sonar, they don't think it always had that. And human beings adapted to be able to tell when people, when someone's eyes were on us. Um, the same way women can get bad vibes from someone and know not to trust them. And even if someone argue with them, like, yo, you should trust them, mm, that instinct developed over centuries. Uh, for a reason. For, yeah. for a reason. Extremists allowed a person to evolve so much faster than we could. What would take... So, let's say if you, as you are, adapted to become stronger for a bad environment, your kid might grow up taller than you. And more aggressive um, in some cases. Or your kid might grow up much tinier than you were. Harder to see and many things wouldn't try to harm you. Let's say you could rapidly adapt. You could become more handsome, become stronger. You're in danger, could move faster. And while the way they visually showed that was with him literally on fire with dragon tattoos. He's like, I am the Mandarin. <laughs> ki <Ki-ya!" laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you just see him burst out flames and then okay, Rhodey's like oh you can breathe fire that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Tony we need some help here <laughs> you think you can lend me a suit god they're just augmented to me so what was that supposed to mean Jarvis give him a lift uh, what, what do you want me to do I know just... oh man um, but no actually I actually wanted to bring up a um, concept that Anubis ended up telling me mm, give me Okay, so, you learn that um, Tony's father in the first Avenger was Mm -hmm. working with the Tesseract, right? There's a whole end credit scene where you just see, you know, he touches it with two separate, like, little um, scalpels or whatever. Doesn't it electrocute him? And it explodes. (laughs) 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 And he's right that down, just... But, um... Okay, so you see him working on that, right? And then in Iron Man 2, you find out that um, Tony's father and um, the Russian Russian guy's father. No, was it the Russian? Yes, Russian guy's father. I yes. think Petrikov, if I'm remembering correctly. <clears throat> they both developed the arc reactor, which was modeled after the <gasps> Tesseract. And they've been harnessing manufactured Infinity Stone energy this whole time. Yeah. And, and that's Tony's chest. Think about what's been... Alright, I see where you're going with this, but like, think about what Tony did whenever he made a miniaturized version of it and actually brought the arc reactor to life. He basically made a new Infinity Stone. Which whenever Anubis told me, I was like, what? And then like Thomas was like, there's... I mean, yeah, like that's very plausible. Like, I mean... And that's, that's another thing. What were you going to say? All I was going to say was from the first Avengers movie, Loki used his staff and touched the stone, and it did nothing. They've never gone back to why. They've never said why. They've never gone back to why. It was in the first Avengers movie. It's a scene that it'll happen. You'll see it. You'll be like, whoa, and then you'll miss it. You'll never think about it again. But he touches his chest stone 
with his staff. That's right. I remember exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And the thing is, I'm actually going to let y'all talk a bit more about, like, what that could actually mean. Because it, that... Okay. I have to see that clip again because, like... Alright, so, basically... I really remember that, yeah. Okay, so basically what ends up happening is that, um, this is whenever Tony is in his Mark VI suit, and it's, like, malfunctioning and everything, and he lands, gets it stripped off of him, and he, Jarvis is trying to prepare the Mark VII suit so that Tony can, you know, start fighting Loki, and he just pours himself a drink, you know, casually, oh, you want one? Oh, no, alright, that's fine, and, um, starts talking with Loki, they argue, and then... Loki said, and then, um, no, Tony said something about, oh, you're going to have trouble fighting. It's going to be one of you and all of us. You're going to have trouble. And Loki said, oh, no, you're going to, you guys are going to be the one that has trouble fighting you. And he touches him in the chest. And you just hear, like, a ding, nothing, ding, nothing. He's like, huh, that usually works. And Tony's like, oh, yeah, you know, performance issues, it happens. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then, but basically, um, Whenever that happened, all I, I I thought at that moment, oh, it's the arc reactor. Oh, you know, it's metal. It's not like touching him and affecting his um um organic tissue. Which I yeah. thought that's why it didn't have an effect on him. So interesting. What do you think, Brandon? Gosh. That was in the first Avengers, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. in the first one. Yeah, that's... yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't think anything of it, but I just I didn't see, I see now how it could connect to, um, the rest of the, like, the documentary war and everything, but, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, and your, what was your theory of, did you have, like, a theory about why you think that, uh, why that, like, why it reacted to him the way it did, especially that month? Are you talking about how it didn't react with him? Whenever it touched yeah, the yeah, reactor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, why, why do you think exactly like did it have to do with something that had to do with his like core and his chest or do you think it had to do with health? I'm gonna say the core and his chest. So we've seen Yeah. Um so well, the, she has a different thing now. He has a different entire like his now just stores nanobots right? like, extract the stuff in his chest anymore to like you can use the like, I think after the and now Yeah, and uh, at the end of Iron Man 3, um, he got the shrapnel taken out of his heart. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So at the end of Iron Man 3, yes, he did have it taken out. Um, Well, part of it was, I'm actually going to draw on a way later movie. So let's say, um, what was the most recent one? Captain Marvel. So we've seen with Captain Marvel that when you get bathed in that energy, um, let's say Infinity Stone energy, it has effects on you. It can make you stronger, things like that. But a manufactured Infinity Stone... It cured him of all of it cured him of both his alcohol poisoning, his um the thing the battery he was using for his um his older art reactor cured him of that poisoning, it cured him of his addiction to alcohol. It did more than just like rid him of poisons. It changed his physical structure from the inside. Yeah. Um now yes, that's we could call that Deus Ex Machina, something magical, a plot <laughs> device. It's, ah, the sword of Excalibur is what, what makes the, it. We can say all of that, but what we can also say is we know it's something entirely new based off of something that Tony's dad had worked on. Now, Tony's dad had worked on the Tesseract, so why wouldn't he base a concept or something new off of it? That's just theory. Um, the same way I could say I think Tony ended up making a new Infinity Stone without knowing it. Mm-hmm. And that was that was part of the reason that the Infinity Stone didn't affect him. Um, we know that some people, so let's say from Guardians of the Galaxy one, um, Ronan the Accuser, he put an Infinity Stone into his hammer. Now the Infinity Stone could kill people just holding it with their bare hands. Um, well, we think killed him. We let's say with Red Skull, we don't entirely know what happens when it just, you touch it with your raw hands. But even Thanos didn't just hold it with his raw hands. He had something to wield it and channel it. But see, he did grab the stones to put them into his gun. That's true. But then again, Thanos... Because that was another thing um, that I asked... Like, we were talking... I was talking to Thomas about before he left is... You know, why did Thanos send out Loki to get the Tesseract, right? 
if Thanos could just go. And then um, Thomas was saying that you also have to think, like, the scepter that he gave Loki, like, maybe it's because, like, you have to think, like, of his lineage. Loki's a god. So, I mean, even though Thanos, you could argue that Thanos is a god per se, but in reality, he's, he's just a very powerful individual. Yeah. Whose race is I can't remember which movie it is. I believe it's <laughs> oh. either Avengers 2 where uh, Thanos gets the gauntlet and he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. Remember that? I, I do think, remember that scene. Yeah. That, I think that was kind of just hinting at the fact that he had everybody else being used as bonds. He was in his army. He was using Loki the whole time. I think he was just using him. And I think when Loki did, because eventually Loki, after like, the first couple, like, Thor movies, and after the first Avengers, and stuff, he, he was, like, not necessarily a good guy, but he wasn't a, much of a bad guy either. That's kind of why he didn't, like, kill by uh, Thanos. That's the beginning of that new one, right? Like, I think he also probably realized that he was being by Thanos. Which, that's the thing that Thomas also pointed out, is that if you look at Loki, and, and like you yeah. were saying, Lawrence, whenever Loki is, um, Whenever you see Loki and Thor, there's been big changes to their character in those times time periods. And whenever we see them, if you look at Loki, at like and uh, didn't Loki made an appearance in Thor, right? Um, in Thor one. Yeah. Loki was the. Mm, I'm gonna say he was the antagonist. Um, Loki. Yeah, I can't entirely remember. So with Thor one, yes, Loki was the big bad. He was technically the reason that Thor got sent away, but Thor himself was the reason he stayed away um, at first. He, if I'm remembering correctly, he attacked the Ice Giants, or, yes, Thor actually went and attacked the Ice oh, Giants, right, yeah. but Loki was the one who let the Ice Giants into Asgard, and he was the one that yeah. made sure they could actually get the weapon, or at least get extremely close to it. Thor went then went, without proper approval, to the Ice Giant um, their realm, and then attack them, and their king. Um, but the thing was, Odin had stopped, like, had stopped really going to war with people, as we later found out, but without that information, we're gonna ignore that. Loki had been giving more and more into his ice giant nature. Um, we don't entirely know what that means, but as far as he can tell, he's drawn to their weapon. Um, the same way whenever he would hold their ice beam cannon thing, mm. his skin would turn blue. His eyes would turn red. Mm. Um, his teeth would turn sharp and yellow. Whatever it is about their lineage, they're drawn to power. Um, but him specifically, he's drawn to power because he's technically never been guaranteed any of it. Yeah, because that was another thing is that, you know, whenever Thor was um, the arguing with Loki at the beginning of the Avengers, you know, he said... Loki, we are brothers. We have been fighting together for, or we have been, we grew up together. And Loki says, "All I remember is a shadow, living under your shadow." Which I thought was uh, like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, if you have an old, if you are a younger sibling, I feel like you can kind of relate to that, you know. Yeah. Which I think that's like the thing that's um, makes Thor and Loki so relatable, and like the one thing that they kind of have going from them in terms of uh, relatability. Like, you know, with Tony, you have, um, you know, alcoholism, PTSD, like all these problems that any normal person can have. And then you have, like, Spider-Man, you know, teenage boy who wasn't a teenager at some point. You have Captain America, you know, just like... And the whole thing, you know, uh, where me and Thomas talked about his mom and, like, how his mom has really been, like, the only thing there for him and, like, really close. And who doesn't love their fucking mother? Well, uh... If you have bad experiences with your mom, I could get why yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, of course. Um, but, like, you know, there there is that person that you love in your life, you know? And, you know, that's, that's just the thing that I find, like, that's appealing of each and every Marvel character and why, you know, the franchise and the MCU took off the way it did. But, um... Oh, yeah. Also, another interesting thing is how in the Avengers, and I wanted to bring this up to you, is how you see Thor whenever he gets thrown off the ship of the Flying Fortress, right? Mm -hmm. And you see him like stand over the hammer and put his hand down like to summon it, and it doesn't go up to him. 
I'm not sure if it was that he was trying to summon it to his hand, or if he was just if it was just a cinematic or whatever. But he has to kneel down, pick it up, and then he summons like um, lightning into his um, into his hammer. And I think that's for cinematic purposes, or to tr charge up Mjolnir or something before heading out to New York. Hmm. So that's uh I don't know if you've read some of the recent the recent um, Thor comics. Um, so let's see. All new Thor kind of went into the idea of Thor has to be worthy. And Thor 1 went into that where he was temporarily unworthy. Mm -hmm. But part of that was because he himself didn't think he was worthy. The idea of worthiness being you can decide. It can be based off mindsets. So let's say if you think you're a failure, you will be. If you think you're going to fail something, you increase the chance of you failing. Now that could just be a mindset thing, but that affects more than it. Um, something magical, we can say something magical will have magical effects. That's, I didn't say anything original there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you're not wrong though. I mean, but, it's, not, it's not incorrect, it's not true. But we've seen that when Thor is uncertain, and in the comics, when he's uncertain of himself, he loses the ability to do stuff. Before All New yeah. Thor, there was a set of comics where I think it was War of the Gods, where a god killer named Gore tortured Thor when he was young, tortured him when he was young, destroyed his kingdom when he was old, and basically messed up past, present, and future Thor. And after all of yeah. that, Thor is... He's able to deal with it, but he's always permanently uncertain of the idea of whether or not he's worthy because he himself is a god and he's been arrogant and someone like him could cause things like this. Mm -hmm. An all new Thor where it's actually female Thor, Thor is dealing with issues of, I, I guess we hear it from like his, um, his girlfriend's side slash ex-wife that basically he every day after becoming worthy, before he became worthy, he just kept doing stuff to become worthy because he was obsessed with it. After he was worthy, he was now, how can I always make sure? And every day, he would put his hand over the hammer. Every single day. And he would just check. It wouldn't float to him. He'd have to touch it. And then he was worthy. And then he would put it down. And then he would just hover and linger with the idea of, was he actually still worthy? Was he still worthy afterwards? And he'd do it again. Every morning. Um, the hammer did eventually pick someone else. And he did eventually find another hammer that he didn't take because that hammer wasn't meant for him. And that hammer this technically comics, was... Right? This is all in the comics. Yes, this was all in the yeah, comics. Yeah, this is all in the comics. Um, <laughs> uh, this is all comics. Okay. But I guess yeah, it's... Yeah, was, yeah. It's not the first time that Thor has messed around with the idea of being worthy because it's not the first time Thor has ever worried about can I still use the hammer? Because it makes sense that in the Avengers movie he had to like pick up the hammer or at least look at it. It's kind of weird that it did that. But it was also like if he's uncertain about using it because I think when he was trying to pick it up, he was going to use it against Hulk. Um, this was after his encounter with Hulk. After his encounter. Then he might have been that hesitation, or maybe it was dealing with issues with Loki. Yeah. All of that might have been messing with his head and his heart. Because, um, did he talk to Loki while Loki was stuck in the cell? Or did he just look at him? No, I don't think. He looked at him through a computer screen. Like, through in the main area. He didn't actually go down. He had plenty of time to do so. He in between, yeah. Um, that mm, I well, think. Well, actually, not really, because you just see Loki get put in the in the cage, in the jail, in the cell. Nick Fury leaves. Um, Black Widow goes down to go talk to him, and as she's doing that, you see that they are upstairs arguing and talking about um the. The inner workings of S.H.I.E.L.D. and what they're up to, and how Tony's hacking them. <laughs> Shut that was oh hilarious. But, um, but yeah, I don't think there was an instance where you just see, like, a cutaway, or there was a focus uh, on a different person, or, you know, like, you know, like in how in movies you, you have, like, um, like in uh, Ragnarok, I'm pretty sure, where you cut from, like, the Hulk to Thor. Like, I don't think there's a transition like that, where there could have been something else that happened during that amount. So I, I honestly don't know. I think that Lo that Thor and Loki didn't talk on that shit. The only reason I said that it was part of it was um, we had seen in the movie that he didn't really want to hurt Loki like that. Um, he was trying to be a more gentle, more caring brother. That didn't mean he didn't want to deal with his issues, but it was more of... I think he's, yeah, he's always loved Loki, but he's always... 
And interesting yeah, enough, interesting enough, I found um, Thomas brought this up, and I'll have to we'll have to revisit it whenever uh, Dark World comes out or whenever we see Dark World. Oh God! But uh, I know we're gonna have to. It's just, not that bad, but I it's mean the Iron Man three of Thor movies, and it was the second movie. Okay, but like, see, this is the thing. Like, I kind of like. Iron Man 3. Like, not gonna lie. It yeah. was a pretty oh, no, decent movie. Good. I think it was very underrated. Yeah, like, you know, I, I hear, like, you know, Thomas says, like, it's the last of his Iron Man movies, and, like, I'm not gonna say Iron Man 2 is below Iron Man 3, because, like, I feel like Iron... Like, for me, it's just kind of like the chronology Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. You could like, say Iron Man 3 is above it in terms of storytelling for Tony. Okay, yeah. Because Iron Man 2 was, I'm gonna be honest, it was mostly hype because of the Oh, he's dealing with issues with that, but now he's fighting a new villain who surprise attacks him. Oh man, someone else can build their own Iron Man thing. Oh, Rhodey finally gets an Iron Man suit. He gets into a fight and loses the fight. Oh, now they're gonna go save um, his little machine conference. Oh, all these other suits and they're getting to the samurai battle in the middle of a field covered in mud and bullets. Okay. Oh, giant suit. I I see. see Yeah, it's. I I see your point. I'm gonna be. So I will say Iron Man 2 has its good story moments with introducing yeah. more S.H.I.E.L.D. characters as well as introducing Black Widow. But at the same time, I think Iron Man 3 was a better story for Tony. I, I'm not going to oh, say Oh, yeah, that. I agree. Um, the, the thing with, like, Iron Man 3, though, is just, like, you know, seeing... I don't know, like, it's just something about just seeing Tony's house collapse and the symbolism behind that is just, like, you know... To me, at least, I just see, well, like, you know, I mean, then again, you did invite terrorists to your house. <laughs> what else did you expect? But, like, you know, just seeing, like, everything that he's worked for, like, you know, being a billionaire, like, all of his, you know, uh, works, everything down there, just, like, being destroyed in front of him. And, you know, at the end, yeah. whenever, I guess yeah, you could, I guess you could say at the end when he resolves his PTSD, but at the same time, like, can you even really resolve that? Like, where he, you know, just ends up blowing up all of his suits, and it looks like fireworks. Like, I don't know, man. Like, that, I feel like that's just, like, kind of like a cop-out at the same time. And the kid's just like, just breathe. You're a mechanic, right? Fix things. Oh, my PTSD is solved. I am no longer traumatized. Like, I don't think that's how it works. Uh, So that, I'll admit, that was not, um, his PTSD, I don't think it was ever solved, because he was still wearing some kind of suit. In Infinity War, he was mm-hmm. always wearing some kind of defense mechanism. Um, I, so it never really actually went away, and I'm going to say, I will say again, I didn't like Iron Man 3 as an Iron Man movie, but it was a great story for Tony. Of course. Um, I will still make jokes about him breaking into some kid's house. <laughs> Every time he deals with issue, breaks into kid's house. Civil War, yeah. having issues with his best friend, breaks into Peter Parker's house. Like, yeah! <laughs> Like, well, why is he breaking into kids' house? Why is he breaking into people's homes? That, that's the only thing. Like, whenever I saw him, like, you know, just open up a shed and just, you know, oh, here's the workshop that I can work in. Oh, there's a couch. Let me just sit you there. Like, any... Okay, first of all, it's... So, first off, that's in Tennessee. Just from what I've seen in North Carolina... Everybody, just about everybody, you know, has a firearm, you know? <laughs> and you're going to go into Tennessee, yeah. which I know is a little more rural. I'm oh, pretty yeah, they sure, like, you know, they, oh, they, they like, yeah, drop of a hat, you know, even, I don't care who you are. If you're freaking Tony Stark, Stephen Hawking, like, oh, you're in my garage? Oh, well, guess what? You're dead. Like, that's just kind of how I, I can see it, just from, you know, where I grew up and just, like, you know, being oh, yeah. around that kind of environment. But, like... I'm just saying. I, I, I'll give you that one, Lawrence. Like, that that wasn't one of Tony's best moments. And then the kid, like, oh, who are you? Like, you don't recognize who this is? And, like, even the guy at the in the van of the TV station saw, oh, it's Tony Stark. Oh, my God. And he just starts, you know, fangirling, which, I mean, it's understandable. But, um, but yeah, any other notes or mm. something else that pops to mind? Um, let me see. Um... So, let me see. I'm going to say the Avengers movie was was a very good team-up movie. I've seen a number of, like, team-ups where... So, let's say Justice League, the animated show, their first episode was a team-up. Um, let's say okay. I've seen 
Smallville. They had a team-up episode with a bunch of people getting together. I've seen Buffy Vampire Slayer. I've seen... I'm trying to think of other team-ups. Let me see. I mean, you could... Defenders. Like... I didn't watch the Defenders. Really? Oh, no, I did watch the Defenders. Okay, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> uh, I did like it, but I'm also going to say it was silly watching Daredevil wearing a scarf and being like, they don't know who I am. I'm the guy who definitely walked in in front of their cameras that I could sense, and I put someone's scarf on. They'll never know it's me wearing the same clothes. Definitely. It's not like they've attacked me in my own house, so they already know who I am and where I am. Like, that was silly. That was just silly. <laughs> I will say, after Iron Fist, they did some weird stuff to the hand where they were no longer these terrifying ninjas. They were just immortal criminals, which is fine. But it... I mean, association, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, oh yeah I'm affiliated with Iron Fist. Or not Iron Fist, though, the hand. But, um, Brandon, do you have any closing thoughts, man? Um, let's see. So we talked about Iron Man 3, we're talking about the first Avengers, we're talking about just a couple movies of Thor. Um, geez, I don't know how many end credits scenes y'all think of off the top of the because I went back and watched all of them for, like, I, like, I watched all of Fletcher videos, and I actually learned like, a lot about how they've been planning this whole, like, like it was so funny how a lot of people were so surprised when it's video came around and like how things turned out, you know. Like I feel like it, a lot of the stuff kind of was already expected, but nobody really realized it like that. That's what it was all planning to, unless you really read it often, you know, and evolved it ahead of time, you know. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that, but uh. But yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting how um how they yeah, how they tied all the different movies together at the same time like it, and how Iron Man two and Iron Man three they kind of gave Tony's whole like they they painted Tony a lot different in like the the first in his own movies than they did when they like when he was fighting uh like in Civil War and then in the like like I don't know if you noticed but like the for every character just completely changed as like the amount of people like increased. Like as soon as they introduced more characters in, like when they brought in Black Widow and started having more people like collab in different movies, like like the whole overall theme changed a lot for a lot of the characters. Like, their whole character development path kinda of just changed. I feel like that's you know just I mean? partially like, you know, after character development and you know, going through what they did up to that point and you know it ended up changing their their character and, you know the time skips too you know like the the what they're doing yeah. their off time you know yeah what were you gonna say Lawrence? um the only thing i thought about saying was how do people feel about the mandarin twist <sighs> you know like uh, i mean i knew it wasn't gonna be the real mandarin partially because they didn't have anything involving that character like, nothing involving him. They weren't anywhere near any ancient Chinese anything. They hadn't, as far as I could tell, they barely allowed magic in the universe at the time. Because even in Thor's world, they were just like, nope, our idea of, to y'all, our technology is so advanced, it is magic. Yeah. Cell phone to someone in, like, the 18th century, it's magic. Yeah. Which, uh, I, I guess that is kind of a pop-up to explain. Yeah, what's up? Um... Wonder. Okay, so actually, he was introduced, and uh, Thor Dark World. I don't know if that was the first time he ever introduced, but he talked about in some of the movies. What if, like, the deal with him, and like, they, I think, in at the end of Dark World, the Thor Dark World, they gave him the power or reality star of the ones or something like that. And that's what led to Infinity War. Thanos going to get it. Like, why? Like, it seemed like it was such a big deal. He talked about the idea that cut me now. Um, he was gonna go try to get all the Infinity Stones, and all of a sudden, like Thanos shows up and just completely just destroys him. Well, I mean, they don't show that; they show the reality. So, like by the time he'd already got the reality. Yeah, I think it was the reality yeah. stone. Uh, so, ah, uh, yeah. So he actually yeah. got two stones. He got the Red Stone of Power. No, the Red from Stone the is the reality stone. 
is the reality stone. The purple ah, one the red one yeah. is the reality stone. He did end up with two stones. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he got the one from Thor the Dark World, and he got one from... Yeah. Ah, he got the one from the Guardians. He got... For some odd reason, the Guardians gave him a stone. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea why <laughs> Wait, they did that. Wait, which stone was that? The, the purple stone. one. The purple one. Yeah, the power, the, stone. The power stone. They he Dang. Yeah, they gave him that stone for some reason, and I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> with the Collector... The Collector's supposed to be an Eternal, which they represent some specific aspect of something they... I guess they care about or that they particularly are interested in and they forever like force that quality of themselves on the universe. Thanos mm -hmm. killed him. Like he's dead. Yeah. Like there was a reality where he was still alive and Thanos yeah. was making up that universe. Cause after he left it yeah. stopped existing. He was dead. Now yeah. he could be alive, but the same know. way Loki could reincarnate. But, but that's the thing, like, I remember saying, or something about, you know, um, the actor that played Loki, and him being at the, I think it was Infinity War, like, red carpet event, and, and like, a reporter saying, oh, are you gonna be in the next, uh, um, Avengers movie, and then Loki, or the actor started tearing up and saying, this is the last time I'm gonna be walking down this red carpet. So, you know, after hearing that, it's kind of like, well, is Loki dead? I'd kind of assume so, considering that's the response. But um, with that being said, you know we're at an hour six. Um, try not to go a little too over. Um, so I think we're gonna end up wrapping up, wrapping it up here, and yeah. cut to the end credit music. We don't have that yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we still don't have that. Oh, work in progress. But um, it's been Tim, uh, Tom Foolery, uh, with TK, Lawrence, <laughs> and Brandon joining us this time. But, yeah, I, I think we're going to wrap it up here, fellas.